On behalf of Tennis Australia, I'd like to welcome Victorian Governor, Her Excellency, the Honourable Professor Margaret Gardner, the Australian Prime Minister, the Honourable Anthony Albanese, the Deputy Victorian Premier, the Honourable Ben Carroll. Thank you. Ho, 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 ho. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another week of the morning program. That's the Australian Open tennis crowd telling the Prime Minister of Australia what they think of him. And I'll be honest, I felt a tad uncomfortable when I was watching that live. Uh, the loud boo that happened it was quite extraordinary. It wasn't just a few people in the crowd at the final. It was the crowd. And they booed long enough to prompt presenter Todd Woodbridge, as you heard, to call for quiet. Now, I would be interested to get your views on that. Was it totally disrespectful, embarrassing, given the tennis is watched by a global television audience, or just the people of Australia taking an opportunity to tell Anthony Albanese what they think of him right now? Only days, of course, after those tax cuts broken promise. Outspoken Tasmanian Senator Jackie Lambie. Now, she doesn't mix her words. Now, she's called out the crowd for being rude when she was on the Today Show earlier on. Honestly, what are they booing him for? Because, what, we've got a heap of rich people over there watching the tennis finals there and they've had a bit of their tax taken off them <laughs> to pay for to give to those who are less fortunate. For God's sakes, I don't have a problem with that. Honestly, where's our Australian values? Is that what they're booing him for? Because I'm still trying to work out what they're booing him for. They yeah, all right. So was it rude of the crowd to boo our Prime Minister? Is it a good look? It's, it, I don't think it is. I mean, I'll give you my opinion right now. I don't think it's a great look at all. But you tell me, one double three eight eighty two. Now, if you need another reason not to bother going into politics, how was the reaction to Lord Mayor Basil Zemplis' Liberal Party candidacy launch on Saturday? He received a timely reminder. And, and I'm telling you, we've all been caught out by this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm no stranger to it, that whenever there's a camera and a microphone around, you should always be very careful when having off-the-cuff chats with people around you, especially in this day and age when social media has the ability to be judge, jury and executor by completely abusing the actual context of the conversation. Now, Mr Zemplis' discussion with one of my colleagues, Michael Genovese from Channel 9 News, about the challenge of reading the nightly news when up against a big sporting event was turned into a social media blood sport within seconds of the conversation happening. So to be fair, here is the conversation in full. Jenna, are you normally a Saturday man? I'm reading the news tonight. Oh, about that joke? In the big chair. Is it head-to-head -head with... Um, Unbelievable. What a showdown. It's like a derby. <laughs> Tennis is on tonight, isn't it? It's a reserves game now. I say that having been there, obviously. Plenty of nights when I've read the... Uh... OK? All right. There you go. Now, I've thought about it. And you know that Basil Zemplis appears on this program once a week, so I know him very well. And I've thought about it. If he had have finished that sentence he was about to say, which was plenty of times I've, and, and he'd gone on to say, read the sports news when he knows that, you know, not that many people will be watching, 
then the context would be pretty crystal clear, wouldn't it? But it was left hanging. And as I said, it was a blood sport on social media. And I can tell you that there, it was being shopped around in terms of being out of context and supposedly being seen as a very misogynistic uh, comment by Zemplis about women's tennis. It was being shopped around by certain Labor operatives to see if it could inflict uh, serious damage. Now, let's analyse all of these issues from the weekend with Professor of Politics at Notre Dame University, Martin Drum. Thanks very much for joining us, Professor. It's a pleasure, Gary. Uh, first up, uh, booing. I mean, is that just a rite of passage for, for crowds to do that to a Prime Minister, or is it actually downright disrespectful in your view? Oh, look, I think when, when you're a politician, you probably accept that uh, a lot of that comes your way. And, you know, it's, there is a bit of a tradition of it. Uh, it extends across multiple PMs. You know, we live in a democracy and people are entitled to have their say. So I think it's a bit of a tradition, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just, I must say, it jarred me. I was watching it live and it did jar with me because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is going out to a, a massive worldwide audience. Our Prime Minister is introduced and everyone listening wherever they were in the world hears how guttural the booing was for him. It's a bit unfortunate, I thought. It's a bit of the Australian tall poppy syndrome where, you know, we do, we are uh, can be a bit um, disrespectful of our own leadership, I think. Um, and look, I think um, politicians generally, they'd find it pretty tough because, you know, how many politicians are universally loved? Mm. Uh, so, you know, when you're entering the business that you're going to cop a lot of flack from all quarters. Do you reckon Albo, I mean, don't forget this is sort of off the back very quickly of the broken promise on the tax cuts. Do you think he would have been hurt by it? I mean, I, geez, if I was sitting there in a crowd of Aussies, you know, as the Prime Minister and, and then all of a sudden I'm just booed and jeered, I, I don't know. I mean, I know they've got to have thick skin, but it would hurt. I think every poly would love to be popular. Um, they love to be the Mark McGowan type, <laughs> but really, um, he was uh, he was unusual in that respect. Uh, I think uh, this is back to politics as usual somehow, and there's always people that are unhappy with their prime minister. Uh, I don't think it's really the tax cut thing. I think it's really just an opportunity. Oh, to, we're you know, we're, we're a nasty a bunch, aren't we? We can be a nasty bunch. You know that about that. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I, I, I don't think I'd be doing any prime minister generally, unless yeah. you know, I don't know, extraordinary circumstances. Uh, but I think that's, you know, he's far from the first, isn't he? Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's a bit different than the American system. I wonder whether even there might be so many people that hate uh, Joe Biden or hate Donald Trump. I don't know whether they actively boo them at sporting events. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. Um, all right, let me now get to local politics and obviously the Basil Zemplis juggernaut. Just before I get into sort of the context of the conversation that sort of got dragged through social media over the weekend, do you think he'll make a difference? I mean, he, he is a very well-known person. How much of a difference will he make for the Liberal Party? I think he'll make a big difference. Um, and I don't want to buy into any kind of messiah complex because they're a long, long way behind. But... They've, one of the biggest problems, they've struggled for visibility. You know, there's just not many MPs, Liberal MPs at all, not that many Nats either for that matter, um, and they don't really get much, you know, uh, a very broad audience for what they're trying to say. And he's easily got a... He's got much bigger media profile than every other Liberal combined. And suddenly they'll have an opportunity to get their points across more. Um, so I definitely think it's a shot in the arm for them. Are there votes in it? Because that's all that's going to matter. 
Oh, I think there's definitely some votes in it, for sure. Um, I don't think it... Uh, you know, of course, he's doing the politician thing and saying we can win in 2025. I don't think they can. Uh, but I think they can definitely claw back some ground quite a bit. So what do you think in terms of the analysis of this? Let, let's say that there's people in the Liberal Party that go, crikey, Moses, look at how much attention he gets. Why wouldn't we swap out Libby for uh, Basil Zemplis in the lead-up to the 2025 state election if it might bring us, I don't know, another three, four seats? These things are always risk and reward. He's got an existing day job, for starters. He's Lord Mayor of Perth. And there is somewhat of a conflict between being a local government leader and you know, trying to lead a political party at state level because, after all, state parliament oversees local government so and holds it to account. So there's that issue straight away. Uh, but I think what we're seeing with Campbell Newman in Queensland is that, well, it gives you some short-term dividends. Uh, Basil's never participated in state politics before. Yeah. Uh, so he probably... He really should get his feet under the desk... Uh, learn about how Parliament operates, um, what's achievable and what's not, and cool his heels somewhat and uh, be part of a broader team rather than charging and trying to lead the whole show. You talk about sort of the, the, the difference in local government, state government. Now, there's one thing that I, I'm going to say is absolutely patently clear now. The relationship between the Premier's office uh, and his ministers and the city of Perth and the Lord Mayor Basil Zemplis is completely and utterly broken and will be for another year in the lead up to this 2025 election. I mean, this is John Kerry. So after Basil Zemplis has his press conference uh, on the Saturday morning, and we'll get to that in a second, John Kerry calls a press conference out the front of the city of Perth's building and has this to say. Basil Zemplis has consistently committed to Perth residents and now he's jumping ship for his own naked political ambition uh, in a seat in the western suburbs, not in Perth and the reason is because of his failed record, like shutting down a women's service and also closing a childcare centre. Let's be very clear, this is all about Basil Zemplis's naked political ambition. He doesn't care about the Perth residents, he's all talk, uh, no action. Pretty full on, wasn't it? Well, it is, and uh, there's John Kerry being the attack dog, but John Kerry is also the Minister for Housing and uh, one of the biggest uh, tension points between those two levels of government has been this uh, homeless centre for women. Uh, and uh, I think it's what you would not want to see, um, no-one should want to see, regardless of who people bat for, uh, women not being safe at night. So... Um, they urgently need to resolve that issue and get another service in place. Yeah, and so the I know that the City of Perth Council will have to decide whether they would allow uh, one of the agencies to, one of the uh, um, charitable agencies, RUA, to actually uh, set up a, a safe night space um, in their current premises. That has to be decided by the City of Perth. My point, I suppose, is, you know, can we really kid ourselves to think that there's a relationship now that's healthy between the City of Perth and the state government? Well, in some ways, it's actually more transparent now because Basil's actually announced his candidacy. Mm. There, there had been this tension bubbling along for... It was like a Cold War uh, between the two where we knew what his aspirations were and we knew that, that the state government were, were you know, uh, nervous about that. And so from both ends, there was a lack of willingness to, uh, to, to find a solution perhaps. Um, I'm sure there was some good people working on it, but the, you know, at the end of the day, we haven't got a solution at, the, at this point in time. And 
you really want to see one. Uh, I take it uh, yet what we played the conversation that took place uh, on Saturday, sort of off camera, but with a camera live, uh, where, of course, the Lord Mayor is talking to a Channel 9 reporter, Michael Genovese, about a scenario involving, you know, he, Jenna, Michael Genovese, and his wife, Jerry DeMassey, both reading the news, one for nine, one for seven, uh, while the tennis uh, would be on. That has been translated through social media for Basil Zemplis to be critical of women's tennis and the quality of it. Do you think he survives that? Has, has the explanation and the context resonated now and everyone understands that he was actually just talking about, you know, how Jerry and Michael would go as opposed to the quality of the tennis? I think he does survive it. Um, and I think that, you know, in reading it, it appears that uh, he was referring to the news team as being news conflict or uh, contest as being the reserves against the tennis. Um, but look, it does really re- cause Basil and others to reflect on the role of social media because there's so much rubbish that gets circulated on social media and so much outrage in a hurry. This is, he's going to expect a lot more of this. And when you go into state politics, which is, you know, my tribe versus yours, I think you you get an elevated sense of that. So um, he's going to expect more. Do you think, you know, and I mean, here's me talking because I've probably done it plenty of times, but when there's a, when you know that there might be a mic that's on, those kind of casual conversations that are taking place off to the side between people just have to stop and that the Lord Mayor Basil Zeppelis is going to have to really discipline himself? Oh, look, I, I think he does. And, um, you know, he's obviously escaped this one, uh, I, I suspect. But, you know, you've got to be really on your guard. And there's people looking to um, take um, advantage of the slightest slip-up. Yeah, now. there are certainly uh, some I, Labor operatives pushing that around very quickly. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I, I'm sure they will be. And that's politics as, as usual. And I'm sure political parties do it. But they'll be looking for a chink in the in the armour, and you know, he, as a side slip up, they'll be onto him because um, they'll they'll definitely see him as their biggest threat. Can Can I just ask you, in terms of his okay, his media profile, is it unfair that this is a guy that's so closely aligned to to, to the, one of the biggest media players in town, Seven West Media? Is that unfair for anyone up against him, whether it be candidates or pre-selection? Is it unfair that he's got? you know, that kind of level of support from one of his employers? It definitely gives him an advantage. There's no doubt about that. And uh, if he continues to work on sort of high-profile projects such as Telethon, that continues that advantage for him. Um, He's not going to be the first. There's plenty of people that come from journalism straight across in the politics. They usually rescind their journalism role first. I think that's probably the only difference. Um, you know, Reese Whitby came from being a seven, Channel 7 journalist straight into a, a Labor Party candidate role. But I, I'm pretty sure he left his role as a journalist yes. um, when announcing his candidacy. Yeah. So his is a bit unusual in that respect. Uh, he's got a slight advantage too, Gary, in that he's a sports journalist. Yeah. And he can argue that there's not a direct conflict of interest that someone would have if they're reporting on the news, for I- example. Okay, but what about the media itself? I mean, Seven West in this instance, the newspaper, the TV station, they have to be very, very careful how they are seen to be reporting on Zemplis, don't they? I mean, you know, oh, of course. You know, the bias could be they extraordinary. They absolutely do. 
They absolutely do, because uh, you'll, you'll have, a, you have the news on in the evening and, and he's one of their colleagues. You know, <laughs> he's out the back having coffee while they're reporting. Um, so, uh, yeah, they have to be very careful. I think you'll see that byline that you've seen with a lot of articles um, uh, in the newspaper where they refer to him as an employee of Seven West all the time. But, I mean, this is a guy who's got a weekly column in the West Australian. Um, not many people have that kind of access, do they? And, and a weekly spot on uh, 6PR radio too. They, they do. They do. He <laughs> does. Are you telling I mean, me I shouldn't well, continue that? <laughs> well, well, I, I know that other people, um, I think uh, <laughs> other personalities, Christian Porter had one for a while in the past and yep. maybe Madeline King, I'm not sure, from yeah. Labor. You know, polies do have that. I, I think that's that's all fine. Uh, I'm sure you're uh, into your balance like all good news, uh, all good journos are. Yep. <laughs> um, look, I, I, the thing about Basil too, and the reason why he'll continue to get those slots is he's good copy. You know, and this is the other advantage he brings. This has been his entire career is speaking on air. Mm. So it does come really natural to him. It rolls off the tongue and so many other candidates are coming from a long way back. All right. It's, well... <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, it's done. It's livened up the political landscape, uh, Martin. You'd have to agree on that. Oh, we're certainly in for a, a much more competitive contest in 25 than we had in 21. I mean, but I'm stating the bleeding a little obvious there. Yeah, no, fair enough. All right, mate, thanks very much for chatting to us again. Really appreciate your time today. You're welcome, as always. Professor Martin Drum uh, from Notre Dame University. Uh, he is a political lecturer there. What do you think? A couple of things. What do you think about booing the Prime Minister? It's a bit rank, isn't it? Come on. I mean, everyone sort of thinks it's like a rite of passage for Australians to boo a prime minister. Uh, and was it linked to the tax cuts being so close to that uh, broken promise? You tell me, One double three eight eighty two. I'll certainly ask Simon Birmingham, uh, the shadow foreign affairs spokesperson, when he joins me in the studio. Uh, Basil Zemplis, uh, taken out of context, satisfied with that? 